You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 4. Hello, I still don't know how to open the show, but here we are. This you know is what? one of our supplemental... Anymore. We're just going to walk right into the show now. I just, I don't even, I, I, I refuse to open with a stupid, you know, take us out pun or something like that, mm. so. No, that's for the end of the show. Yes, exactly. Um, but, uh, our pal Irish Gav is here with us. Um, say hello to the people, Gav. Hello. <laughs> I don't know how to enter the show either, but there we go. Exactly. And you have your own show now, so there's no excuse. I have two. We should just oh, go by just... your direction and crack open beers when we do this. Yeah, that would be <laughs> a lot easier. That really, really good makes idea, the show, don't have to speak. The show a lot easier too. <laughs> it does take the pressure off, though. <laughs> yeah, because one, you have a way to open the show. Two, you're drinking, so that that really takes care of a lot. It makes everything better. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, obligatory reference to you two having to talk to each other. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you know, beer beer's good for that. <laughs> oh, we love English, Gav. I know you don't, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think it would be fun to bring him on for I one of these, though. Hey, help I us answer some questions about Star Trek. I can't admit to liking just, him. Of course not. He just tell us why the science was all wrong. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> yes, that's what he does when I when I was watching X two or whatever it was. Wait a minute, though. You guys watch Doctor Who together. How does that work? Oh, uh, <laughs> all right then. Uh, they never have. They never have science. Well. Correct. Well, science is always wrong in Doctor Who, so that's okay. So once you've established that at the beginning, you just it doesn't matter anymore. And no. if you just think of it as magic, you're fine. I don't have science or continuity. <laughs> ah, well, that's fine. Well, neither does Star Trek, really, but we like to pretend that it does. Yes. So, yes, this is one of our supplemental shows. We have a lot of mail to answer, and uh, most of it relates to, to things that we've been recently talking about, about Kirk and Spock and so forth. And since we're about to move on to next gen, we kind of wanted to clear the docket and, and answer these questions. I'm not saying don't ever write to us again about Kirk and Spock. If you have questions, by all means, bring them on. Yeah. But, but it does feel like we should wrap up any sort of loose ends before we move on to the next show. So, mm -hmm. so we have this pile of questions here and, uh, we thought it might be fun to have Gav join us. So here we are. All right. First one comes from Flonk, and he says, Flonk to post-atomic horror, will you guys be reviewing Galaxy Quest? For a long time, that was my favorite Star Trek movie. Um, thoughts? N no, because it's not a Star Trek movie. Well, right. <laughs> but he does raise no. an interesting point. J.J. Abrams said uh, it was one of the best Star Trek movies ever made. Yeah, I actually, I'd never really even thought of it that way until actually Flonk brought this up years ago. I like how he says, for a long time, that was my favorite Star Trek movie, because now, obviously, you know, the recent Five one has... Is... Yeah, well, right. obviously, since we made him <laughs> well, watch I that mean... with us, and, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I see it, but I see it as more of a meta, you know. Like, it's not about Kirk and Spock. It's about Shatner and Nimoy. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. I, so, yeah. I would be more – that's another one of those things. I'd be more willing to do a review of it on the website than devote an episode to it. Yeah, and, and you know, I, incidentally, we still do that occasionally. We have reviews mm -hmm. of, of various comics and books and such that we've read, and we – you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. That would fit in with our sort of tangentially 
related Star Trek things. Yeah, it's it's like stuff like that is why is what the website is for, so that we have a place yeah. to do that without actually doing it on the show proper. I do think that that could have been a very interesting movie and not very different if no. they had done it. If they'd gotten the whole crew together and told that same story mm-hmm. with those guys, that would actually be really would... cool. I would be I would have been all over that. Yeah. <laughs> would have Shatner play himself? Yes, yes exactly. He, listen, you, you've seen how ironic he is about himself now. He knows. Mm-hmm. He could totally pull that off. He just put out an album of, of songs about space and science fiction. Like, he could totally play himself in a movie. He is Must have been his lifelong Man. ambition. I just wonder, what, how would he stop overacting in that? Or, you know, would it be like, uh, inf- would he infinitely overact because he's overacting <laughs> himself and then he is himself overacting so would he overact again it's like pointing a mirror at a mirror it's yes. really very hard to find the end of it yes or the alternative to that is Shatner sees himself as a great actor and so when he plays himself he suddenly becomes good <laughs> it's like no no well, I'm not I'm playing, playing Kirk myself, I, have, I have to be the er actor yes I mean if I'm playing Kirk I gotta go over the top because that's what Kirk is like but I I'm I great. am incredible. Have you and seen then we realize... shit my dad says? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. <laughs> Good. Uh, Galaxy Quest is a fun movie, though. I've seen it. I enjoy it. I haven't seen it for a while. I may check it out again just for the hell of it. Yeah. But, uh, that's another thing I would want to check out now that we're sort of finished with, uh, yeah. with uh, Star Trek. Because it's definitely... Like, all right, let's uh, see what this is about. It's definitely kind of a love letter to, to the original series without directly... Like, there's some similarities, but there's there's no real direct... Like you can't say this is that guy. Apart from Shatner, everybody's sort of a of an amalgamation of different things. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that their engineer character is really calm and kind of sleepy, which is the exact <laughs> opposite of Scotty. Yep. Like Scotty's always screaming and running around and trying to fix things, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, we will get to that. That's great." He's I get like right out Scotty. <laughs> he's Joel. Just, so instead of alcohol, he was just taking drugs. Yes, exactly. Yes. He's on downers. <laughs> okay, next one comes from our pal Deke Winsom, and he writes, Dear post Horror, which is better, Space Coke or Space Pepsi? Uh, Galaxy Pepsi, actually. Yeah. Uh, in fact, where the hell are Coke and Pepsi in Star Trek? And Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Everyone knows 10 Forward would be better if there was a Wendy's in one corner. Seems only brands that make it to the 23rd and 24th century are Nokia, Apple, and Rogaine, and Rogaine doesn't even make it to the 24th century. Does the lack of money in the Star Trek universe means there a lack of business to sell junk food? Uh, See, well, actually, like, go ahead. I feel like with New Trek, we have like we're back to yeah, we have money. Well, yeah, because Kirk is in a bar. That entire stupid issue, and Kirk is on a bar money. on Earth, and they're they're ordering drinks, and he offers to buy Uhura's drinks. So yeah, it's clearly yeah. you can't just go into a bar and get any all the drinks you want. You have to pay for them. And if we have money, then we've probably got. You know, corporations still—they're just not assholes. Well, that, to to Gav's dismay or delight, depending on who you ask, they do still have Budweiser in the future. Yeah. Yes, they do. So they certainly still All have right. shit beer. <laughs> well, we we were talking about that when we noticed that the new engineering is a is a brewery, and I thought maybe maybe Anheuser Busch made them put in a plug for Budweiser somewhere in exchange for okay, you can film in our brewery, but. You have to have someone order a Budweiser. Oh. I don't want to. Yeah. 
I won't drink that shit. So instead shit. of dilithium, it's beer. Yes. Yeah. Come on, a ship that runs on beer. What what more? What could possibly appeal to you more? <laughs> I know Scotty's never going to well, get anything done. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want Kirk to let him out of that thing. It wouldn't go anywhere. He'd be drinking it all the time. <laughs> we need Warp 3. We're all dead. Yes. Oh, drunk the fuel again. We don't have three days, so I'll do it. Never. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't have three days, so blah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I on the one hand, I mean, obviously, I like I prefer when there's no vestiges of 20th, 21st century life in Star Trek in general. Mm. I, I talked about this when we were reviewing uh, fake Star Trek. I'm, I'm, I have sort of mixed feelings about uh, the, the Beastie Boys song being in there. I don't like modern music in there. But on the other hand, I don't know. Earth culture couldn't just forget all the stuff existed. No. It's like Earth I culture could, as it is now is built on these, on yeah, these brands. I, and I could see someone going to a replicator and ordering a Coca-Cola. That doesn't seem that crazy to me. Oh, totally. So I don't know. I don't, I don't like these replicated Slurpees. They're not as good as the real thing. <laughs> well, since they moved to Slurpahol, that's just not the... <laughs> or Synthes, I guess it would be. All the, uh, all the companies would be in Ferenginar anyway. Yeah, that's, that's True. a good point. Getting, I mean, all the money's there, apparently. Right. Well, gold for us platinum, yes. Living it up in the one day of summer. <laughs> I haven't seen Deep Space Nine in so long, so... I'm have God, to take I miss your you, Deep Space that. Nine. Yeah. Once again, the the rule that I've imposed on myself, and I guess Matt's doing this as well, is uh, mm-hmm. can't watch it until we've done it on the show. So I'm well, it doesn't seem fair to stuff. watch Deep Space Nine without you now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you have to. I'm, I'm certainly you're, you're your own person. You could do what you like, but uh, I think it gives us a unique perspective to watch them more or less in order. Absolutely. And to go in th- knowing what we know about the original series and next gen, then watching it and saying, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is a reference to that, or this could have been done better, or whatever. All right. Next one comes from Flonk, and he says, Data was indeed the science officer. I I know. Uh, he wore gold because he works as the ops console. Ships operation, engineer security, and so on wore gold. All right. Good. Is Thank this, you. Is this something we needed to know? I'm not sure what why he's saying this. It's an ongoing question. Is it? Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew he was the science officer all along. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Next one. Flonk says, God damn it, Filmation. How does a guy who's colorblind get a job directing cartoons? What the hell? <laughs> and then he says, no offense, Al. You get one free lefty joke for this. I am a rare kind of colorblind, which is blue-green colorblind, which never really comes up. Really? It's yeah. It's um, the only time I've ever really noticed it is an eye test for color blindness. <laughs> <laughs> it's never actually had any practical effect on my life in any way whatsoever. But there is the there's a, those eye charts to see if you're colorblind, and I can't make out the number pattern out of the dots. <laughs> the, but that's oh, it. Like that just seems like a that just seems like an elaborate prank to screw with you personally. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. You're colorblind, Al. Not that it matters in any way, shape, or form. No, but... no. I think that I think the primary uh, uh, colorblindness is uh, red green, which is a series. If you can't tell red and green apart, that's you know that's a problem. Mm. But I, what Falunk is referring to here is uh, who is it? Lou Scheimer, I think his name was the the main guy at Filmation, the producer at Filmation, was colorblind. He's right about that, mm. and 
that's why we had weird color choices and strange mistakes in in the coloring in the animated series. That actually answers a lot of questions. But it was just in the coloring. Everything yeah, everything else was, else was spot on, exactly. <laughs> if they'd fixed those colors. Yeah. Suddenly um, it would have been awesome. No, but he, he raises a good point, which is if if the guy at the top can't even tell what one color from another, you're not off to a good start. No. Like, why are you opening an animation studio if the whole point of cartoons is to be colorful and you don't know colors? <laughs> so, yeah, good point. Well, does, does explain why it's, everything's, it is quite colorful, those cartoons? Because he's obviously just sticking every color in there and hoping one of them's right. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's. The thing is, as far as I remember, and I could be wrong, but I've seen behind-the-scenes stuff for animation before... I mean, there are obviously visual colors, but there's also, like, a palette. Like, this color is represented by a number. Like, in, in uh, Photoshop, there's a number code for a color. Like, this shade of red is 2FE, whatever. You know, there's, like, a little code. So it mm -hmm. seems to me you could get around your color blindness by saying, okay, well, just break it down to the number code, and you can always... Uh, maybe that's just a computer thing. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, that's not funny or interesting. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, Flunk has once again written to me about, uh, Data being the science officer. I guess he did this twice. So, I'm just gonna... Thanks. He says, a better question would be, why does driving put you in the command division? Wesley and Sulu wore command colors. Well, Wesley didn't wear command colors. Wesley wore cadet colors. Yeah, but eventually he wore red. Well, I don't know, maybe he was on the command track because he's so great that they can just skip him past anything else. No, I, I don't think that that's a rank thing. I think that's a... You choose to pursue command, and that's your ultimate goal. Well, I guess that's didn't true. They, didn't they address that in uh, Deep Space Nine when Worf started wearing red because he wanted to eventually become a commander? Oh, yeah. I thought... Like, there was a whole thing about that. And then there was a mission where he compromised the mission to save Dax, and Cisco told him, you can never be a captain now. But for a while there, I thought he, he that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't... I no, don't no, that, that's... Uh, now that you just mentioned it, it's like, okay, that makes sense. I honestly think they dress people in the colors they look good in, and then they kind of back-explained <laughs> it from there. Yeah, and what's your face, Green? the guy who flies the ship what color they can wear. Yeah, that's true. You really want to keep that guy happy. Oh, I can't wear gold? Well, fuck, maybe we'll just crash into an asteroid <laughs> then. Does that seem like kind that's of an overreaction to you? No. Yes, Troy got tired of being put in those demeaning outfits instead of a proper uniform. And said, all right. That's all for me. It's great uh, hearing Marina Sirtis talk. I saw her at a con, and she was... Uh, it was just after Generations came out, so she was still pretending to be excited about it. And um, <laughs> somebody asked a question, and she just got all excited. She said, they let me drive! <laughs> it's just... It's funny hearing them refer to it as driving. I, I, that always amuses me. It's one thing for us to do it because we do a jokey show about Star Trek, but hearing the actors say yeah. that. Just hilarious. Well, and Marina Sirtis also has the most elegant voice ever. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Well, I'm sorry. It's true. Well, you know, from, from over here, all British accents sound uh, sound elegant to us. No, yeah, but hers especially. She sounds oh, Data. <laughs> all right. Maybe Dr. Crusher will teach you how to tap dance. Nick and Relicans is the other show, Matt. It's a, it's a vanilla peptide cake. 
<laughs> Cellular peptide. Oh, pardon me, um, all to hell. With, with, with mint frosting. With mint frosting, thank you. <laughs> this is why you're here. Without I, the I bring the mint frosting. Yes. Uh, next one comes from our pal Scott Zioko, and he says, Howdy. Quick question regarding Star Trek II. Did they change all the uniforms to red so that everyone was technically a red shirt and could possibly die? I noticed that up until Wrath of Khan, none of the main crew was killed until the coincidental garment changed. Looking forward to the answer and really enjoying the reviews. Well, thank you, Scott. I actually like that as a theory now that he brings it up. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since there was, like, rumors being leaked that Spock was going to die, and they had to do that whole thing at the beginning where it's like, aren't you you dead? Right. (laughs) I like how you started doing the Bones voice there, like, wait a minute, Kirk said that. Aren't you dead? (laughs) I, I don't. I actually don't know why they went with the red. Do you guys know the actual reason behind that? Well, Nick Meyer wanted to make it look more nautical reason, and yeah, less shitty. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, the cut of them looks less shitty, but that the the color. I mean, red specifically doesn't particularly make me think of nautical. Really? You haven't been on many Kirk red boats, apparently. So that... No, I haven't. <laughs> Kirk did it so blood wouldn't show up on his nice red uniform. <laughs> <laughs> of course, then Peter. Pro- Peter Preston ruined that by getting the only white bit on it. <laughs> Plus, that doesn't really do much for Spock unless he gets a green uniform. <laughs> this is true. Well, it's certainly not the first time people haven't cared what Spock thinks. Yeah, that's true. Well, we did everything for all the humans. Hey, wait! And does that mean the next generation Worf would have to wear some kind of purpley move <laughs> uh, uniform? Just the, so he's really he should be wearing Troy's outfit, is what you're saying. Oh, there's yes. an image. I'll, there's an image I'm never going to be able to get rid of. Excellent. The spandex sure really ex- as well. <laughs> undoubtedly. The, the spandex really accentuates the ridges on his back and the ones on his penis. <laughs> Listen, we did a we did an entire sarcastic voyage about Rule Thirty Four, and in the process of researching that, we found that horrible picture of Worf with a flamingo. So surely, there's cross dressing Worf. Slash out there. That's that's a step down from flamingo porn. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many things is, that is aren't that a, a step down <laughs> from flamingo wharf. I think everything's a step up from flamingo wharf. <laughs> is that a butler in your spandex, or are you just pleased to see me? <laughs> can't it be both? Today is a good day to. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so did you guys hear that the new Die Hard movie is called uh, A Good Day to Die Hard? <laughs> yeah, that's really terrible. Yeah, but, you know, I can't think of It's a Good Day to Die as being anything but a Klingon thing. There must yeah. be a real origin to that quote, but it just it screams Klingon to me. And so, you know, I got my hopes up for a second there. Michael Dorn like, playing uh, Alan Rickman. <laughs> I've only what seen Die Hard 1, so I just assume all the, vil- all the villains in Die Hard are Alan Rickman in some form or another. Yeah. Ah, really? Die Hard 2 was good. Die Hard 3 was alright. I like Die Hard 3. I don't, I don't And then in Die Hard 3, it's a, it's a relation of Alan Rickman, so they pretty much are, all are Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah, good. pretty much. Alright, next so, one. Huh? I was just going to say Die Hard 4 wasn't any good. But ah. that's it. Is that the one with Kevin Smith in yes. it? Yes. Yes. No, not so much. Alright, next one comes from, oh, somebody new, Jackson. And he writes, Dear Al Matt, possible guest. One, could you please explain your hatred of O'Brien's horrible wife? Uh, we'll answer this first and then do the next one. Because uh, I think this does require explanation. If you haven't heard our reasons behind this, it does sound like we're just kind of being dicks. Yeah. 
but uh, <laughs> which is which is normal. Well, that's totally normal. But I, I think we we try to provide evidence to you know for hating characters. Like I, on your uh, on your Doctor Who show, you, you when you think Ian is being horrible, you provide evidence. You don't yes. just say he's horrible. You say he did this badly. He did this poorly. He was bad yeah. at this. It, it helps your case when you can back it up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know which one do you want to start with this. Well, I mean, like she wasn't nearly as horrible in TNG, although she there were there were the beginnings of horribleness. Well, there's that whole "I'm canceling the wedding." No, I'm not canceling. The yeah, wedding, that was bullshit. Awful. Yeah, and that was her first appearance. Now that I think about it, <laughs> so yeah, I, it she may was not awful have been her beginning. first appearance, but it was. It was her first appearance as being involved with O'Brien. Right. Yeah. Miles, I don't DS9. want to get married. Now I want to get married. <laughs> and when we I say... I want to go to Bajor. <laughs> now I don't want to go to Bajor. I want to go to Tashi <laughs> Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> yes, she's just Luke Skywalker. <laughs> she's an Asian lady Luke Skywalker. That makes total sense. That's right. Now, here's, here's the thing. When we say horrible wife, that is a specific term that we coined in the early uh, early bits of Sarcastic Voyage. The first episode which, of Sarcastic Voyage, now that I think about it. I believe so, yeah, if not very early on. Um, of, a, of a specific type of character that was written very much in sort of 50s and 60s television. Um, the one that comes immediately to mind is the Burgess Meredith glasses-breaking Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Where he's got his horrible wife nagging him about reading books. But yes. The, the character was in so many types of things. Wilma Flintstone is a horrible wife. Yes. Just I anyone believe, who, any any woman who chased their husband with a rolling pin. Yeah, and I believe, and Gav will obviously disagree with me here, that uh, the companion Donna was a horrible wife. They weren't married, but she was very much in the mold of, of a nagging shrew of a woman. Mm-hmm. She was at the beginning, yes. Ah, very well. See, I, was trying, I, with you. I was trying to pick a fight there. Damn it. <laughs> um, I think she got better, but anyway, that's Doctor Who. That, that's fair. No, I mean, I don't, I mean, part of the reason bringing you on here, I, I did have in the back of my head, is we can we can compare the two, compare and contrast. I got no problem with that. Just be aware that you're way more versed in Doctor Who than we are, but but don't don't shy away from that if you have, you know, something that, something that works there. You look like you've um, got something to say. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> uh, but w- so when we say horrible wife, we mean that that kind of a character, a kind of character who very much nags at their husband and sort of wears him away to a little nub. And mm. in DS Nine, that's what she seemed like. Don't go hang out with Julian. Stay home with me. Me, 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 me. I'm going. To, I'm she going just, to Bajor for com- eight months. Yep. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> she just com- she just complains all the time. Yep. Yeah, and that's. I, I don't know if that was a deliberate choice on the writer's part. Maybe there was a good side of it. I assume O'Brien it's part of their O'Brien must her. suffer uh, philosophy. <laughs> that was that was one of their edicts, I know. Um, and then there was that episode where uh, she was possessed by an alien. Yeah, by a demon alien, and you couldn't tell. By an nope. evil alien. But I'm surprised he even noticed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, but for a character... The reason I don't feel bad about sort of dismissing her is because that show had so many strong women in it. Yep. It's not like she was the only one and I'm trying to apologize for her or something. No. The fact that you had Akira and Dax and a lot of great supporting characters, she just is another type of woman character, which is the horrible wife. Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes. Um, I'm curious, Gav. We've, we've talked about her quite a bit that way. I, I am assuming from what you've said, you, you agree? 
Yeah, she just sucks the fun out of virtually every scene that she's in, really. Yep. Yeah, and watching watching the friendship between O'Brien and Bashir sort of develop over time and the fact that they love going to the holodeck and having fun together and drinking together and, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, it, we, we can all relate so much to that. sense. Yeah, and then you see her. And it's like, <laughs> and oh. And you see why they go to the holodeck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why he's hiding all the time. Why he's willing to hang out at Quark's, which probably isn't the best bar there is. <laughs> Probably not even the best bar on the on the promenade. I, w- I wish I was back in that prison where I where a minute passed and twenty years <laughs> went by. <laughs> That's what every day with Keiko is like. That was a, that was a good, pretty good deal. So uh, Jackson has a second question for us: With technology such as Adobe Flash making limited filmation style animation extremely expensive these inexpensive these days, and with many Star Trek alumni available for projects at rock bottom prices. <laughs> Uh, I think it's high time for a new Star Trek animated series. What would you like to see in a new animated Star Trek? Yours in queue. Correct... Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say the correct colors. Yeah, well, that would be a star, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we, we've I, talked I, about... Have we talked about this? We I totally we have had. talked about uh, wanting a new animated Star Trek. Uh, and these are, these are you know, some of these questions I've been sitting on for a month or two, mm-hmm. so it's possible he hadn't heard that yet. Um... I don't know. I mean, I I would like to see them take the anthology approach. I've said this before. Yep. I would love to see them cover some stuff with I don't know Captain Sulu or go back to Kirk or do some stuff with Picard. I mean, you could you could cover a lot of ground if you set it up as an anthology and not as a running thing. Mm-hmm. See, and I think just the opposite. I think yeah, the animated could... series is a perfect way to keep the brand alive between movies. That would also be much good. in do the same way of what the comic is doing right now. True. Yeah, there was going to be an animated series. I think I read a while back. Well, they, well, they, they were trying to get an animated series to go ahead on, on the internet, um, but it wasn't like any of the regular people. It was set. In oh the right, it was like the Enterprise twenty fourth century. Something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll give a link to that. I don't have it in front of me, but I remember. The concept didn't sound great, but it sounded like um, I'm not going to judge this out of hand. I'll give it, no. uh, you know, I'll give it a try. But it never got off the ground, like you say. So, no. but th- there's been talk that they may do an animated series. I've seen that around. Um, and then, of course, there's that quote recently from Seth MacFarlane, the guy who did Family Guy and every other show on Fox. Yep. Uh, <laughs> who says that he, uh, there's no basis, like no actual wheels being moved or anything. He just said, "I would love to take a crack at Star Trek." Um, well, I mean, I, I know he's think... a Trek fan, but I also don't care. Yeah. Um, but I, I personally don't think I would like that. I liked Family Guy at first, but I, I don't really care for it now. And his other shows don't really appeal to me. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe if he did drama, maybe he'd be all right. But, but Gav, you actually said you, you would like the idea. What's what's your thought on that? Well, I just well, he's a Trek fan. And, you know, you can't really judge him on Family Guy because it's going to be a different thing. I just think, and I mean, he's not he's not going to be doing. Hey, remember that time in the Romulan War, <laughs> and then doing a cut and doing doing like a flashback every five minutes. He might be. Well, he might be. I, I mean, wouldn't time mind travel that. gives you that, uh, that 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 capability. Or, as I said when I initially reacted to that, was isn't that just Enterprise anyway? Yeah. Hey, remember <laughs> remember that time we invented the Prime Directive? Hey, Spock, remember that time a midget rode me like a pony? <laughs> I've been trying to forget that for thirty years, Captain. Do you? Do you, Spock? Do you? <laughs> well, poking him with a stick. <laughs> Kirk's coming up with reasons to to meld with Spock just so he can put that that memory like at the front of his mind. Here it is. 
Now it's lodged directly in your brain. <laughs> I uh, like how mind melding is just a matter of fact thing. After yeah. the after the first appearance, it was really dangerous, and you shouldn't do it. But that, but in the uh, in the new movie, uh, Spock just does it because he can't be bothered explaining things. Yeah, we were talking about that actually. I think from a directing standpoint, it makes sense because Abrams didn't want to just have him give a speech; he wanted to show you what happened. But yeah, from mm -hmm. a, from an in story standpoint, you're right. It's like that's a really casual thing to do to someone who sees you as a stranger. You might know him, but he doesn't know you. No. That's the, yeah, but you're right. It and and we watched this unfold, watching everything in order. It did. It became that way through the series and the movies too. Yeah, where it started out as a big deal and gradually. I mean, there's that whole mind rape thing of of uh, Valeris and six. Yeah, Spock got really uh, trigger happy with the old mind melt. <laughs> yeah, I think being around Kirk for too long kind of got him thinking. You know, well, I have this tool at least. You know what? I don't have time for this. Get over here. Give me your face. I mean, the, <laughs> the rules say that I can't, but uh, you know. Fuck the rules, that's what Jim says. Damn you, sir, you will try. <laughs> uh, Alright, let's see. The next question comes from Deke, and he says, I have to apologize for the atrocious grammar in my last letter to you fine lads. I made our been drunked. <laughs> I so may our continued to be drunked. <laughs> so sorry for that, F-O-U-R. Here's the thing, people, and, and this... Uh, applies to both this show and Sarcastic Voyage. People have called me to task for being, I don't know, a grammar Nazi or something for, uh, you know, reading people's mistakes in uh, in their emails. I, that's not really what I'm trying to do. I'm not... We, we ridicule you after I read the question. I'm not really trying to ridicule your question. I'm a very literal reader. I read what's in front of me. Yes. And sometimes my brain isn't fast enough to catch that you made a mistake. I do try to correct for them, but sometimes I just read what I see. Mm -hmm. And that's very dangerous. If you put a teleprompter in front of me and put words there, it's like that Anchorman thing. I will just read what's there. Go fuck yourself, San Francisco. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's honestly not, I'm not trying to make fun of people's grammar unless it's particularly awful. Mm -hmm. It's just, I can't, that's how my brain works and I apologize and stop being mean to me. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. So he goes on to say, what I meant to say was that everyone knows 10 forward would have been better if there was a Wendy's in one corner of it. Boy, we hadn't read your question yet, so how did you know I made fun of it? <laughs> uh, wow, that just blew my mind a little. <laughs> Hope you guys are enjoying your summer break. Wow, that was wow. a long time ago. <laughs> Doing two shows this week. There's no break at all. <laughs> all right, next one. Ooh, is, this a, is this a friend of yours, Gav? Somebody from Ireland. It is. Oh, very nice. Uh, I forced I forced him to write to you. Well, he sent a, <laughs> he sent a question to the, the a similar question to the Doctor Who one. Ah. Um, and he said, kind of mentioning this part, you know, the Star uh, sure. whether it'd be interesting for a Star Trek point of view. And I said, well, bloody email him then. Oh, fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. I like I like that people are out there sort of winning us new listeners one person at a time. It's like it's like those people going door to door trying to change your religion, only they're telling people to listen to our podcast. Uh, dear Alan Matt, I was submitting a question to your sister show, Drunken Time Travel, and the ghost of Mr. Smloun suggested I forward it to your good selves as well. Uh, I was afraid to incur his terrible wrath, so I felt compelled to obey. Well, we all know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe you've heard the saying, everything I know I learned from Star Trek. For example, I learned that no good deed goes unpunished. 
See evidence in Kirk freeing Khan in Space Seed, Tasha Yar going back with the Enterprise C to save the future, Picard refusing to infect Hugh with a virus before returning him to the Borg, and on the flip side, Cisco's action in, in the Pale Moonlight. That's a pretty comprehensive list of examples. There. Yeah. I'm not complaining. That's a, those are just very solid. impressive. And we, we know all those. Yeah. Uh, what have you learned from Star Trek? Oh, keep up the good work. This podcast is now required listening at the Academy. <laughs> Stephen. I can't remember if you've had that question before, so apologies if you hadn't. Obviously, if that's the case, please ignore it. Nope, haven't had no, it. No, that's actually a good one. I'm trying to think of something. Yeah. Um, the thing that I've learned overwhelmingly, this happened on my recent rewatch of Next Gen before we started this. Uh, this, this sounds a little trite, but seriously, the ends justify the means. You can break any rule you want. You can disobey any order you want. As long as everything turns out okay in the end, everyone will forgive you always. Yep. It, it's not just true for Kirk. It's true for Picard's Enterprise. It's true for Deep Space Nine. I don't know. Gav, you're watching Voyager. Does it happen there a lot, too? Uh, the end justifies me. In, well, in terms of, you know, yeah, I disobeyed much, the orders, but the captain yeah, won't they punish do. me. Well, pretty much, because Tuvok... Uh, broken an order and then she didn't do anything about it right that, that because... just seems to happen a lot in star trek in general see i feel <clears throat> although uh, paris paris did break and um go against an order and he was uh demoted oh which well, i was shocked at i was shocked in the next episode he's still demoted wow it's just demoted well, to something that doesn't matter yeah <laughs> Or they call him, like, <laughs> Lieutenant Junior Grade, which is still Lieutenant, so you, it doesn't really make an actual difference. Yeah. Well, it went from Lieutenant Junior Grade to Ensign. Oh, nice. All right, that's pretty great. That makes any difference. He's still doing exactly the same job. Well, of course. And, and to, you know... And for defen- no money. In the defense of that show, <laughs> I mean... Well, there's no money in the Delta Quadrant. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> no, in, that's in, where the money all is. <laughs> That's just what all the, the people defense. in the Delta Quadrant tell them, so I have to pay them anything. Right, exactly. No, we don't have money here. What are you talking about? We use shiny beads. <laughs> oh, just like my people. Damn it! <laughs> Luckily, I've yeah, been um, saving all these shiny beads for just such an occasion. <laughs> Everyone on Voyager, like, there's there's only a few people there, I assume, so that you would have to do the same job. You can't, you can't make him sweep the floor. Somebody still needs to do his job. Right? I mean, it's not well, like you can true. go get more people from Starbase. Well, and I assume they have scudders to well, sleep the floor. seem to be picking up more people all the time. Ah. <laughs> you have mentioned that from time to time, I know, in your uh, in your Voyager uh, review blog. is New crew people keep popping up when they need to kill someone off, or <laughs> when they need to do a Vulcan thing, but they don't want to use Tuvok, or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of guys That's working in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but really, it, every incarnation of Star Trek I can think of has – that's pretty much the only conflict that they're comfortable doing, which is the captain gives an order, the the lower crewman disobeys the order, everything turns out fine, and the captain forgives them because everything turned out fine. Mm-hmm. So the ends justify the means. That's that's what I learned. Or, or Kirk with the Kobayashi Maru. Yes, exactly. He cheated and he got a, he got a prize for it. Yep. <laughs> Setting cheater. the stage for his entire life. <laughs> Yep. It really does, though. Mm-hmm. We called that out in, in uh, when we did Wrath of Khan. That really that really kind of crystallizes everything we've seen about him in, in a new way. It's like, oh, so I can just do whatever I want forever and I'll keep winning. Awesome. Yep. People will pat me on the back for winning. <laughs> they won't care how I got there. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, well, you don't need money for anything. No. Yeah, that's true. People will just do Time stuff. happens all the time. Time travel does happen. Yeah, you can trip and go back in time. 
I think Flong pointed out that something like a third of the movies have been have involved time travel in some mm. way, which is yes. a lot. Uh, and you can't go down the street without bumping into a spatial anomaly. Yep. I think would be another one. Space is yeah. small and everyone's always bumping into stuff. That's true. Space <laughs> is quite small. <laughs> They're always encountering other ships or a planet they didn't know about. Yep. Or some... I, th- I think Next Gen really used the spatial anomaly thing, and I imagine you're seeing this in Voyager as well, but Next Gen really overdid the spatial anomaly thing to the point where I thought the word anomaly was the wrong word to use. Mm-hmm. Anomaly means out of the ordinary, something you don't see every day. Look, it's and a space anomaly. regular happening. Yes. There's nothing anomalous about it. We just saw one yesterday. <laughs> we just finished cleaning up the last one. Yeah. See, again, one of the reasons I like DS9, they couldn't do that because it's one place. Yes, exactly. And well, it already has an anomaly. Of, they didn't do a ton of those sci-fi things anyway because it was a different kind of show it was yeah. more political and everything came to them and yeah I want to watch that I'm sorry but it's still like <laughs> years until we had to watch a DS9 I know Gav I imagine every time you turn on Voyager you think that oh, I wish I was watching Deep Space Nine <laughs> or next <laughs> Most of the time. anything How far every now you, and then is a good one didn't you just finish you just finished a season what was it season four yes I thought you were nearly finished, but you st- you're only just past the halfway point, I guess. Uh, yeah, another another three to go. Yeah, wow. I've done about a hundred and well, I have reviewed one hundred and four. Uh, there's ninety something on the website. You're a hell of a trooper, Gaff. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've mentioned this before. I, I don't know if there's I, someone reading it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, well, I'm, I'm reading it, and I'm ordering our listeners to read it. So yeah, there you go. I read it. Hey, this goes both ways. Well, if you're if you're sending us listeners, then uh, we're going to send you readers. Mm-hmm. Well, my sacrifice isn't in vain. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're not dead as long as we remember you. <laughs> you did what you had um, to do—a chance for life. Yes. <laughs> you turned Voyager into a fighting chance to blog. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've I've mentioned this before, but I'd like to say it directly to you. Um, you probably heard this already, though. I'm half tempted to just by that point, by the time we get to Voyager, will you'll have finished that? I'm I'm half inclined to just have you read those reviews for us, so we don't have to do it. <laughs> You've already done this, all the work. And now with this Voyager update, Gab Brown. Yeah, exactly. Then we can do, do Deep Space Nine and just cut to a five minute segment at the end of the show where yeah. Gab's already re- you know already reviewed Voyager several years before. <laughs> We've we've just reviewed a couple of excellent uh, Deep Space Nine, and now over to Gavin the Dungeon. <laughs> Can I come out yet? No. Can I at least watch uh, DS Nine with you guys? No. No. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, any anything else we've learned before we move on? I learned that the needs of the many um, outweigh the needs of the few, except when they don't. Yeah. Except when it's your buddy. I've, I've learned the opposite. <laughs> I would accept that as an axiom. Uh, anything else? Oh, I've learned I feel fine. It took <laughs> yeah. me a while to figure that one out, but I, I learned it eventually. <laughs> I've learned that I love doing yeah. George Takei's voice. <laughs> yeah, we're unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're gonna have to retire that one. I mean, uh, says you. He's not yes, gonna pop who's up again joining the crew of TNG? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Nope. If you do do Voyager, he's on that. Yeah, once, and I saw that episode, and I ho- hoped it would be good, and I. I didn't care for it. I think I asked you this already. Right. You you said you've found four or five good Voyager episodes already. That's not one of them, is it? 
No. Okay. Uh, Most of them involve the doctor. Well, no surprise there. I feel like you're prejudiced Um, against that just because it's the doctor. You know, I never even thought about that. Somebody pointed that out recently. Oh, yeah, the doctor. (laughs) That actually popped up in a uh, a, uh, Peter David Trek novel. That sounds like a Peter David movie. Oh, it totally is. Where someone introduces someone else to the doctor and she's like, oh, no, I've met the doctor. He was a strange man in a suit. You look nothing like him. (laughs) (laughs) He had a great, um, he, he does some great, like his, his Trek novels are generally great, but he does a lot of weaving in pop culture references. Uh, English guy would hate it because there's so many references to things he's never heard of in there. There's, there's one, I don't remember which one it was where someone's bluffing, another ship it's like the it's like the corbomite uh thing um what is it uh he says uh if you fire at us we will uh unveil our new weapon the Eludium pew 36 explosive space modulator <laughs> <laughs> and it's just there's no there nobody calls attention to it nobody says captain is that from an ancient earth cartoon like you know it's just if you don't get the reference it's just there, See, that's but... the thing. I think that English Gab wouldn't notice that just because he slips them in right. like that so that it's not an issue. Exactly. So if you're not familiar with the source, it's just it's just a thing. There, there's another one he did where the crew encounters a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. <laughs> they never describe it at that, but as that. But like when they finish up, someone goes, what was that? And the other person goes, I don't know, but it sure looks strange to me. <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, and sometimes it's a little cheesy, but I, I tend to, you know, I tend to enjoy that, especially back in the day when I was just starting to get into this stuff. I think now maybe not so much, but, uh, I don't know. He has fun with it. He, he writes some of the better books. Yeah. I don't think we've reviewed any of his books yet, have we? Not yet. Uh, it's definitely on my to-do list because I love his stuff. Q squared. He is... didn't do a lot with the original crew either is the thing. No, he didn't. He was more of a TNG guy. Yeah. Which isn't so, I mean, just, like, we, we he was a bigger read. original series fan, but, like, they stuck him with TNG novels. Right. I think I've only read one of his uh, Q Squared, I think. That one was fantastic. Q Squared is with Trelane. genius. I yeah. fucking love that book. Yeah, it, it goes and backfills, uh, like, sort of retcons uh, Trelane as a Q. Yeah, as... I think works I just fine. I think Q's son, now that I think about it. No, no, he's just a Q. Okay. Because his parents... Remember Trelane? is in Voyager. Yeah. No, Trillane's uh, yeah. parents were in um, in the episode. R- right, right, okay. And I think he didn't want to, you know, contradict that. No, that makes whatever, sense. Whatever. So. Um, actually, the, the Q book that he wrote that I liked even better than that was uh, Q in Law. That's another good which one. Which Q shows up and Luxana's on board and she's tired of going after Picard, so to make him jealous, she goes after Q. <laughs> and Q is and always then, trying to make Picard jealous, so he goes for yeah. it. Yeah, and then she ends up with Q powers, and hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's just it's just a great premise. Yeah, yep. it is, and it's 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 a premise that a lot of people would screw up, but Peter David knows how to have fun with that stuff. Well, so and that he, one's definitely great. He has so much respect for Majel Barrett. Yeah, well, as well he should. Well, yes. I'm curious. I don't know if we if this made it on the on our review or not, but we we were discussing what happened to number one. Oh yeah, continuity. Like I can't remember if we were just talking about that during the movie or if it made it on the show. But I am genuinely curious if they could somehow bring that character in as a, the first officer of a different ship or yeah, something. Well, I would like to see them do it. Like the comic is again is a great place to tackle something like that. Yeah, but the comic. I mean, here's the problem: the movies come out every I don't know ten years, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, 
realistically, every, say, three years. That's not often enough for the volume of Star Trek we've come to expect. And then the comics are coming out, and I feel the same way. Only once a month isn't enough. No, I know. We got we got part one of five or whatever of of a, of a retread of one episode. Well, and that's I, great, I, I'm but... hoping that they're breaking them down into like two or three parters instead. Yeah, I was surprised when that issue ended with to be continued. It's like, oh, come on. Really? This is going to take forever. You guys are jerks. Uh, and for the, I think we've the, mentioned this the before. The next one they're doing is Galileo. Yeah, Galileo really? 7. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was not a bad episode to begin with, but I bet they could do it better. Mm-hmm. I was trying, like we've been saying, I think it would be good for them to redo ones that had potential but weren't quite there. I can't wait to see who they get to play the new director of Starfleet Funerals. <laughs> yeah, there was that guy who was obsessed with giving everyone a proper burial. Yep. That was that was most of that episode, as I recall. I wonder whether it'd be a bunch of Vulcan racism. <laughs> well, I don't know, see. I think that would play nicely off the movie because there was a lot of Vulcans being racist against humans in that. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a nice counterpoint to that. Um, Enterprise was a lot like that. Yeah. Well, Enterprise was <laughs> go a lot to hell. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if I were human, <laughs> I was. I was. I don't think we've mentioned. Have we mentioned that comic that we were just referring to the um, the IDW? Oh yeah, yeah. We mentioned it on a, a couple episodes ago, just in passing. I, I don't even know anymore. The thing is, the the confusing thing about doing a Star Trek podcast with with Matt and occasionally with Gav is. Half the time, all we ever talk about is Star Trek anyway. Yeah. It's a real <laughs> and I don't know issue. Which conversations, I don't know which conversations we've had ended up on the show and which ones were just private because we just, when I turn off the mic, we're still going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me sometimes to remember what got covered publicly and what we just talked about. Um, but yeah, these if, if, if you hadn't heard before, these comics are great. Uh, well, the first one was. I yep. assume they're going to continue to be great. Yeah, the, the second one's not out yet. I'm eagerly waiting for it. Yes, it's IDW's sort of filling in the gaps between the first Star Trek new movie and the long-fabled second movie. Yep. Um, by sort of retelling old episodes, but kind of realigning it to the new continuity, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Yeah, they started with the Where No Man Has Gone Before, and they've already sort of veered off into interesting territory by not having... Uh, what's her name? Yeah, what's her name? Sally Kellerman's character yeah. wasn't... Uh, wasn't uh, apparently... She had a thing with Bones, and since he wasn't on the ship at the time, she could be there. Yeah. But now that he is there, uh, she chose to yes, transfer. It's awkward, and yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that the reason it's different isn't because Vulcan exploded; it's because Bones is a horn dog who was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yep. All right. Next one comes from Flonk, and he says, "Be honest now. Which is worse, the theme to Enterprise? I don't need to hear the end of this sentence." Yeah. The theme to Enterprise is the worst. Yep. Uh, or the Battlestar Galactica remake. Yep. Are you are you asking about the show or the theme song to the show? I like the song from the theme, uh, the theme song from Battlestar Galactica. I liked their sort of um, percussiony score for the most yeah. part. I got a little tired of it after a while, but I, in general, I thought it was different than the usual sci-fi thing. Yeah, well, nothing is as bad as. I can't actually been remember what the Battlestar Galactica damn. one was. Yeah, that that Enterprise thing was terrible. The the Battlestar Galactica one was very like war drums. Yeah, like it was traditional score, but a lot very drum heavy. Um, 
So it's, I can't really hum a melody for you because there wasn't one. It was mostly yeah. Poems. Just picture this. Yeah, exactly. And there's a, there's a little bit of other orchestra, orchestral instruments in there, but it's it's mostly drums, which is like I say, give it a very cool, unique sound that no other sci-fi show I can think of has. Um, I think it was IO9 recently pointed out. This this kind of surprised me that they called this out. Right now, this current TV series season that just started, um, I almost said series because I'm <laughs> watching <laughs> mostly British shows these days. <laughs> um, this current TV season in, in the U.S. is the first time in, I don't know, 20 years or something, that there hasn't been a high-profile show about people in space. Really? Because starting starting with Next Gen in 87, I don't know if there were any before that, but say starting with Next Gen in 87... There have, there's always been Star Trek on until uh, Enterprise ended in 2004, 2005. And then Battlestar Galactica was on. And I, there must have been something else that happened to take us to the current time. But Probably there's a always been a show about people in spaceships. Could be. But whoever it was pointed out that there's no, you know, like on, on a major network or in syndication, there's no sh- new show about people in space for the first time in a long wow, time. Wow, that's super depressing. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Why would you tell me that? So, I mean, there's... And and the thing... <laughs> the weird thing is, if you think about it, and we all know this, geek stuff in general is is definitely having kind of a renaissance right now. There's tons of science fiction and fantasy things on TV now that never would have mm-hmm. been before. I mean, I, look at, like, Walking Dead, which is more horror, but, you know, Still. something like that never would have happened ten years ago. Or even, you know, a few years ago, like, Heroes. Not... I, I hear it went bad, but it's still... Is the kind I mean, of it was definitely really a, like a superhero comic book show that like yeah. mainstream right. audiences were watching. Well, and and a lot of credit I think goes to Lost, which started out looking like a certain kind of show and very casually snuck in elements of science fiction and fantasy and made people accept that as a mainstream mm-hmm. thing. That's if nothing else, even if you hated Lost, you have to give it respect for getting mainstream audiences to accept a lot of things that we as nerds. Have, have liked for years, but never really made it into... Well, I mean, I, I've seen exactly one episode of Lost, but wasn't it all about, like, uh, time travel and alternate realities and stuff? Mm, there was a whole season that dealt with a lot mm-hmm. of that. But for the most part, no, the whole show wasn't about ah. that. They, they, they went into it for a while. They had a great... Uh, season 5 is, like, my favorite season of that show, and there's a lot of jumping around in time. Like, the, the, I don't want to get into the whole thing of Lost, but the... Something happens to the island, and this group of guys jump back and forth between time periods, and it's very cool. Oh, yes, I remember that one. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, season six, they, they kind of hinted that there might be an alternate reality, but uh, I, I don't really want to go into that. <laughs> it ended badly. Um, but no, I'm, what I'm saying is there's there's a lot of science fiction on TV right now. There's just nothing in space, yeah. apparently. Huh. It's weird that that's it's happening at the same time that, you know, NASA's shut down, or uh, space travel's pretty much shut yeah. down. Yeah, that's true. I don't like how insular um, we're getting. There... Yeah, we're, we're turning inward instead of, you know, we don't want to explore anymore. We're just, we'll be, we're fine here. We're shut in now. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to space in reality or fantasy now. Yeah. yeah. And see, I, that, it's strange to me that that's... That, that's exactly it, that Star Trek was big because we were going to the moon at the time and everyone was excited about space. It seems like it would be the opposite to me. You would want your fantasy to be about something we're not yeah. doing. You know, escapism. 
and not necessarily to reflect reality, but sort of something else. But I guess not. I don't know. Is there, is there anything on in the UK right now? Is there anything on BBC or whatever that's that's like that? I mean, they were just talking about American TV. I mean, apart from Doctor Who. Do- the only thing would be Doctor Who that I can yeah. think of off the top of my head. And he spends some time in space, but I wouldn't call that a space show exactly. That show about Nick Frost in space still on the air? Oh, I never watched that, but I don't think it okay. is. Yeah, there was like a sitcom thing. Yeah, wasn't it? Nick Nick Frost presents Red Dwarf. <laughs> oh, and Red Dwarf's yeah. coming back soon, right, guys? Uh-huh. Right? Red Dwarf will be back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to stop following Robert Llewellyn on uh, yeah, Twitter me- because he he believes the hype as much as any like excited fanboy, yep. and it's sad when he's doing it. It's just so really, no one knows when, I- when Red Dwarf is coming back. Not even you. Okay, well, I'm out. Yeah. But it's one thing for the fan, like for us to get excited that Star Trek Two is happening. Yeah. Soon. But it's another for someone who would be deeply involved with it to get excited when you know they're just getting their hopes. He just up. wants the money. Well, yes. Yeah, exactly. What else is Robert it's, you know, it's doing? Because it's it, yeah that, that car. He's got a he's got a uh, chat uh, show that's in a car. Isn't that like a like a video podcast or is it actually on a network? I don't know. I think they actually showed some on on some kind of because I saw it on iTunes digital channel. Oh, nice. No, because he yeah he, he interviews people. He drives them around in his car, and he talked to a couple of people I was interested so, in. And it was, it so was really, awesome. he's just opened up a taxi service. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes. No, I thought it was an interesting idea because as a semi-famous person, he knows other semi-famous people. And he can just basically talk to them while they drive to work. Like that's a that's a neat idea for sort of a DIY talk. Oh yeah. Show. I mean, he, he every, talked to some every of the re- person. He, every what? person he asks. Uh, so, uh, do you know when Red Dwarf's coming back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know he had Chris Barry and uh, uh, what's his name who plays Lister and like a few yeah. of those guys in. But he tried to get the cat, but he was out beating up his neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Beating up his garbage man. <laughs> oh, God. What is wrong with that cast, anyway? I don't know. I mean, Craig Charles was accused of rape. I think he was he was acquitted, but there was that whole thing. And then the cat beat up his... Uh, his, his I guess you guys call it a bin man. Garbage bin man. man. Like, what is... I thought I it was a milk Rimmer's man. done some trying. horrible thing we don't know about yet. And I, I, he cheated in his exam. I assume that Chris Barry <laughs> is perfect in every way. No, I, I assume that that silver swimming certificate is actually a fake. <laughs> it's a fake. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh, and Flunk's, Flunk's email says, P.S. Why am I watching Enterprise? I, I don't I, know. No one knows why you're watching Enterprise. He's he's near the end, though, and, and his reports are that uh, the final season, what is it, season three or... Four or five? Didn't it go five? How years? long did that show go? Four. No, it didn't go to. Five. I thought it went to five, and I was wrong. I think it's four. Um, he says that that final season is actually shaping up to be quite good. Like it started getting good, and then it ended. That is what I heard was that it started to get good, and then they canceled it. Yeah, I I watched a few, and I wasn't impressed. But maybe you need the cumulative effect of watching three bad years to really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, by after three bad years, you you'll see anything good. I'm I'm well on the record as being one of those guys who can't wait for something to get good. If it's not good to begin with, or if you can't point me to the starting point of the goodness, I I just don't mm-hmm. care. Like, I would be inclined to tell people not to start with season one of Next Gen if you want to get into it. 
Oh, yeah. Don't wait for it to get good. Start with season two or even season three. But uh, Except that we want you to watch along with us. Yeah, well, yeah, that's different. One. But that's because we'll be making jokes and making it a little easier for you. Yeah. But I, in general, I'm not a fan of waiting for a TV show to get good. I don't have the patience for that. Other people might, but I don't want to watch 20 bad hours of TV to get to the good stuff. I have things to do. <laughs> so busy. Um... <laughs> But, like, Gav, aren't you saying that, that in your uh, past through Voyager that it's now starting to get, if not good, at least the good episodes are happening more frequently? Because uh, it seems like I've read two no, or three no. reviews in the last couple of weeks where you've actually kind of liked it. But then since then, there's been a few that I've... Ah, so you're working so far ahead that... Brief. Yeah. I think I'm probably ten ahead at the moment. Nice. So I don't think it's any better. Oh, that's too bad. It looked like a pattern was forming, but now that you're past that point, it's apparently not. There's that's probably about two or three, maybe two episodes every season that I would recommend, but that would be about it. Uh, yeah, that's, to me, that's not enough to, <laughs> to bother watching the show. <laughs> I'll probably uh, just do a list at the end and just say, watch these. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one comes from Tom, and he says, Dear Ron, who the hell is Ron? Uh, Matt and possible guest. Uh, I recently turned to a close friend and fellow noted Star Trek enthusiast onto your podcast. Oh, I turned a friend onto your podcast, and I'm writing on her behalf. She noted your concerns about sexy ladies in microskirts on a television program which purported to show a utopian future wherein women are treated as equals with men. According to my fellow Trekker, whom I have no reason to doubt, in the 1960s, the microskirt was considered a somewhat political fashion statement which said that women should be able to own their sexual identity and bare their legs in public without fear of, if you will, shaking buttocks with danger. <laughs> Since then, the second wave of feminism brought it back against its own kind by claiming that women should not be overtly sexual even if they want to, which unfortunately flavors our modern perspective of equating microskirts with blatant sluttery. I hope this will relieve your concerns that it wasn't TLDR. I don't know. That's that too is. long, didn't read. Ah, uh, have a nice day. Yours in Yeoman Rand, Tom. Uh, my, my personal take, and you guys may have different opinions on this, if Star Trek had treated its women as fully capable and equal to the male crew members, the skirts wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, that's why they're not an issue in the movie. Exactly. Uhura knew Uhura wore a tiny skirt, and it didn't matter because she kicked ass. But yeah. the fact... Uh, it, sorry, that's arse to you, Gaff. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I read a thing Terry Pratchett was talking about, how uh, Americans turning that into ass really bugs him, and so I'm very aware of that now. Um, no, I, I just, I don't think there were any women on there that, that I could think of in, in terms of strong feminist, you know, female role models. And so the skirts become demeaning because they're already inferiors. Yeah. But I mean, if you guys disagree, by all means. No, no, I think that's completely, I completely agree with that. If like, if they had had anything to do other than wear those short skirts, I would completely see that as a as a feminist thing. But they don't. They just yeah. Because in 1966, when that started, she's absolutely right that the the production, you know, the 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 thinking at the time was that you know women women are taking it back and they can dress this way if they want. And I totally see that. But you know, yeah. If they're not acting that way, then what's the point? Yeah, I mean, the only one I can think of off the top of my head was, uh, uh, what's her name, Noel. Yeah, Helen Noel. She was pretty great. Helen Noel, the only one who did anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you have so any... So Chekhov should have been a woman then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Old Chekhov. I... Once again, I'm still yeah. trying to wrap my head around the fact that I like Chekhov now, because 
after the words themselves taste like ashes in your mouth. I, I I think my notes said something to the effect of this movie has made me like check off. It is a miracle from God. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, well, I don't think uh, Captain Pike liked him with because of that because I was watching the other day with the, with that code. Oh yeah, actually, I I, that, I called this out in our review that you had pointed this out. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Yeah, I I, get, I I don't mean to step on your your joke there, but uh, I already stole it from you. So. I did it thirty five minutes ago. Week yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind. Give. What do you think about the whole skirt thing? I know I know we've talked about it a lot. It might not be an issue to some people. I, you might just not care. But I'm curious if you have any any thoughts on any of that. I. Yeah, it's not really a big issue to me, but uh, yeah, what what you said makes sense about uh, you know it wouldn't have been a big problem. I mean, we if if they had stuff to do, well, right. like 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 the new movie. I feel like because I've married someone and I spend a lot of time with someone who looks at things in feminist terms, it's definitely changed my perspective on things. And I don't want to be one of those guys who's sticking up for the women because that's almost as bad as you know as putting them down in the first place. Oh sure, but because we're a show that is hosted by two guys, that's that's where we're stuck. That's where we are. We're we're two guys, and I mm-hmm. still think it's an important angle to look at from time to time. And I think the show did claim to be progressive, and it, it failed in some ways. And you know, it's it's that's part of why we're here is to point that out. Yeah. So I mean, I sometimes feel like a hypocrite for saying, "Well, the women should be better," but you know, it's just it's something I can't help but look at. All right. I think that's the last question we got. Yes. Um, you guys had a couple of, uh, of of things you wanted to discuss in addition to that. There was this article, um, and I don't have it in front of me here. Gav, you have it, right? It's the, on the, the uh, IO9. Yes. Should be on the... Uh, yeah, mostly Skype I just didn't want to do all thingy. the reading. I was going to hand it off to, to someone else. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the 10 Star Trek episodes that... That uh, they're glad uh, that Star Trek never filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some yes, fairly there's ridiculous some the... stuff in here. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite stupid ones, like the one with the giant baby, <laughs> <laughs> which which would have predated um, 2001, I believe. Is that yeah. which one is that? It was the wonderfully titled Rockabye Baby or Die. <laughs> that sounds more like a, uh, a Doctor Who title for me. Yes. Actually, no, it doesn't. It would be Baby of Death or something. <laughs> what was it you guys yes. were doing? I, I'm, I'm a little behind, unfortunately. I think I was just listening to episode six of your show, um, the, the Aztecs. Um, you had one, what was it? Assassins of Death or Murderers of Death or some, something that was just like, did you like the word death dealers of, of death. death? Yeah, of death is fine, but this was like death of death. It was like, it was like double. It was like a parody Doctor Who title. It was almost a little too ridiculous, and I don't remember what it was now. But it was like something that kills of death. Predator uh, of death. Yeah, it just it, isn't that kind of different. The warriors of death. That might be it. Warriors of death. Yes. <laughs> Where's it's almost like, like the, the mock one they did, the spoof one they did once, uh, Curse of the Fatal Death. <laughs> yes. But Rockin' by Baby or Die kind of, you know, fits that template. 
<laughs> but yeah, that that looks awful. Um, I don't know. There's there's stuff here that looks like it would have been just like any other Star Trek episode. Like I don't see how it would have been any worse than say Plato's stepchildren. Mm-hmm. And then, as Gav pointed out, there's one where they say, "Well, thank goodness this one never got made," but then it did. Yeah, yep. the, the one about uh, a suicidal cue, mm-hmm. but it was made for for Voyager. Yeah, and I I haven't seen a lot of Voyager episodes I liked, but I kind of liked that one. I don't know if if uh, I mean you've watched it more recently than I, so you could speak to that. But I remember yeah, it was at a good the time. Episode. Yeah, you'd think they would remember the good a good Voyager episode. Yeah, they're so they're so rare. <laughs> And then they say there's very I, there, there was one with they wanted a lot of Porthos storylines. They got a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, where <laughs> the crew is in, There's one where the crew is incapacitated, and Porthos has to take command of the ship. He's the uh, he's Archer's little dog, right? Yeah, which that is I, correct. I think I've mentioned this before. The reason I got a beagle was because the only character I liked on Enterprise was the beagle. <laughs> and so when I was looking for a dog, I said, "That dog's cute. Let me get one of them." <laughs> well, there you are. You should get your dog to do the editing of the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if 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 he could save the Enterprise, then uh... <laughs> <laughs> those two are pretty much the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in one of the mooted crew uh, stories, the crew is incapacitated. Porthos has to take command of the ship. Oh God! Porth- another one is they had Porthos becoming super intelligent. Or the or the crew encountering a canine alien that only Porthos could communicate with. I think that one of those might almost work. I, if only I like they had the someone. Idea. If only they could talk to Porthos, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I like the idea of uh, Porthos becoming super intelligent and still not being able to talk because a he's a dog, <laughs> right? And b dogs are stupid enough that it doesn't matter. Yeah, super intelligence still just makes him smart for a dog. Yeah. No, I, I like, as you point out, Gav, I like the idea that aliens can communicate with him, but you still have the communication barrier between humans and dogs in the first place. So it yep. really would make no difference. Like, I think that if you played that for comedy and called attention to it, I think that would be quite funny. Well, great. We can communicate with them now, but we still don't know what they're saying. <laughs> we would be responding in gibberish. I'm I'm kind of glad, I get the feeling they probably tried some of that with uh, Data's cat Spot as well because oh I'm sure it seems like an obvious like you know well have we done a Spot story yet no don't why would we do that I, I think it's a clear <laughs> sign you're running out of ideas when you start saying well what about this like what why don't uh, Paris and Janeway turn into lizards and fuck <laughs> why don't all the all the crew turn into children. Ugh. Because I will quit, that's why. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> why am I watching Enterprise? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that that's become kind of a hashtag joke. I think it started with Brian watching Wings. Why am I watching Wings? And yeah. now it's yes. whatever bad show people are watching or bad movie or whatever, it's why am I watching blank. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Twitter trends. Trending topics, why am I watching Enterprise? <laughs> Um, let's uh, see, there was the one where uh, Alexander was supposed to go through a time portal and turn into a, an adult, and I think they yeah, did that off- Yeah, which they then used on DS9. Well, plus I think they did that to Alexander off-camera anyway. Yeah, they did. Like, they just they made him older and didn't explain it. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, Klingon's age quickly. Fucking get sure. over it. 
I was okay with Also, that. he's a terrible Klingon. Well, yes. I like that, too. I like the... I like oh, yeah. the uh, Worf Alexander stories in Next Gen. I thought they were fun to take the hardcore warrior and force him to be a dad. I thought that was funny. Not just the hardcore warrior, but we've also got Worf as a stick in the mud. Yeah. No, and in DS9, so, in DS9, you realize that not all Klingons are like that, that he's super conservative and boring. Yeah. And the rest of them know how to have fun, and he just doesn't. Yeah. Which is great. Um, but yeah, then you have Alexander, who's just kind of a puss. Yeah, and then he shows up in DS9, and he's just he grew up to be a horrible Klingon. He's just not yep. good at anything. Yeah, that was great. Um, I don't know. These all just look pretty not great. But again, a lot yeah. of them sound like proper original series episodes. They don't seem much different to me. Mm-hmm. And a pr- original Uncle Enterprise Bundy. gets attacked by an evil teddy bear. Yeah. Yes, I was going to say that. How, how After is Kirk has Bundy locked up, he awakens to find the giant teddy bear perched on the ledge of his bed, staring malevolently. That's I've had just that Mr. Smloan. I was going to say, don't we, don't we already know someone who, who does that not in a fictional setting? <laughs> well, if they made that now, we uh, he, he would go out for that casting call. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, Hello, I think... I'm Mr. Smloan, and I'm reading for the part of Bundy. <laughs> It must delight um, you to hear other people trying to do that voice. <laughs> I just love the I just love the image of Mr. Sloan going to read for a part. Standing in line getting, with a bunch of actors yep. holding a getting, script. Getting, getting his half moon nut glasses out so he could read the script. <laughs> Telling porkers to wait out in the waiting room while he goes in and reads. Can I have a can I have a glass of water, please? Thank you. <laughs> okay, could I'm you try sucky that? Now. Could you try that a little less? Sinister. Horribly. No. <laughs> the right re- reading is the one I'm giving. <laughs> I also have to give you guys credit for that. I, I Like I said, I'm a little behind on Trunk of Time Travel, but I like that you opened with the Orson Welles bit. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, it never gets old to me. Um, did we have anything else? Usually when we do these supplemental shows, there's a bunch of like Star Trek random stories in the in the news and little things and so forth. Is there is there any other... I'm trying to think. I always, as soon as I turned the microphone off, I was like, shit, we should cover this. Um, it was that picture. Oh, yeah, Spock you showed me that today. On the Mary Tyler Moore, but I have no idea what, <laughs> why. Yeah, it's, it's... It's just a bizarre picture. And it's Nimoy in full Spock makeup and costume. Uh, hanging yeah, out with Mary Tyler Moore. of Mary Tyler Moore, did you say? <laughs> I, that, I think that's her. I might be wrong, but it's some cute 60s chick with a bob. I think it's Mary Tyler Moore. Might be Gidget. I don't know. Spock's going to make it after all. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Laverne and Shirley. Never mind. No, no, you're right. Is it? Oh, okay, yeah. good. Good for me. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's that's unusual. We'll post that in the show notes as well and see if anyone, see what anyone can make of that. Otherwise, I don't know. Can any... you identify this this hot 60s looking girl? <clears throat> have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen this girl? Um. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like because this is the, sort of the last... Again, you can keep sending us questions, but for the most part, we're kind of closing the door on, on Kirk and the original Enterprise and moving forward. So, I mean, are there any final things we should talk about? Any any major points we never got to? Any Anything like that? Doing all this really um, uh, sort of returned my love of the original crew. For a long time, I sort of got away from from that got into TNG and DS9 and like really embraced those characters but getting back to you know Kirk Spock Bones and sort of seeing where Trek came from has been really really cool for me 
Yeah, and I think the new movie really, like, that was its best case scenario, was that it mm-hmm. would get people back into Star Trek again, and that's exactly what it did. It Well, it was definitely the movie that sort of opened those doors up to, to come back to yeah. that. Yeah, and like I said on that episode, this, this podcast would not exist without that movie. That's what, yeah. we were all into it, but we were all kind of forgetting about it. Like, oh, that was a great thing that used to be, but mm-hmm. now we're really into it again, and... Between that and the restored HD versions, which they're now doing for for next gen, which is great, it's just it's yeah. Are they, are they doing special? Are they doing the special effects on them as well? They are. the The reason it's going to take so long is because they shot them on film, they edited them on video, and they have to go back to the original film and redo all the effects again. You can't just replace something; you have to do it all from scratch. And so the, they're redoing all the effects, and it's going to take a very long time. They have mm-hmm. to redo each episode and re-edit each episode. And so the Blu-rays are going to be kind of slow from what I understand. But it should still be great. I mean, I've seen some sample shots now, and it looks pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would like to see some things in that show fleshed out a little. I would like to see, for instance, the Borg invasion look more like an invasion and less like two ships got blown up. Two ships in a box. Yeah. yeah. Make it look like what it looks like in whenever they do flashback scenes for Wolf 359. It always looks better there yep. than it actually did at the time. Yeah, I, I feel like they were a little ashamed of how it turned out too, and so they wanted to kind of go back and correct it by doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt, you're absolutely right. And, and going back through the original series, we've said this before, a lot of things that we assumed to be true, a lot of things like conventional wisdom we took as read ended up not being true. Like we learned a lot about those you know those shows that we didn't know before which is great yeah and half the stuff i knew came either from uh, guidebooks or uh, spin-off novels or whatever but seeing the actual episodes is is a real different experience absolutely and you know although i don't feel like i've learned much because i came out thinking bones is my favorite and i hate Chekhov, and i, I already knew those things. yeah basically came in doing that <laughs> yeah exactly I don't know, Gav, what do you think? I mean, I know you're only on about, uh, you know, every every several weeks or so, but I mean, you've been listening along, you've been watching along with us. What do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, uh, the original crew, I think, are my favorite anyway. Really? I think so. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not, they're not the best, but they're the, they're my favorite. I suppose it's a bit like Star Trek Three again. Well, yeah, I mean, I know you. You know, it's you not have it's a not particular the love movie, for the movies, but, but yeah. But I do. That's probably why, actually, because of, because of the movies. Mm-hmm. I think I said before. I'm not sure if I said it on the show that, that the movies are my favorite series, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No, I can see that, and I can see if you looked at at say you know the motion picture through six as season four or something, that that totally works. I just really wish there'd be more of them. Yeah. But, but I mean, when you think about it, when you really stop and think about what Star Trek has become, and when you think in terms of there was this show that was mildly popular and got canceled, and then they made a movie, and then they made five more movies. I mean, at the time, that was that was unprecedented. Yeah. Just, we got way more out of this than we ever could have possibly expected, and then spin-off shows and so forth. That's sort of like the modern version of the show being canceled and then coming back. Well, yeah, let's say Firefly, yeah. where the fans spoke up, they got a movie, and unfortunately it's kind of dead after that, but at least they got a movie. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, you know, hopefully Arrested Development, we'll see. Um, but Star Trek was the first thing to do that. Yeah. And it may, if I'm not mistaken, be the first TV show, successful or otherwise, to make 
a theatrical movie. No, I guess Batman did that. Never mind. But yeah, it had, did uh, in the sixties. Yeah, but it hadn't been done a lot. No. Like now, now we kind of expect it. Okay, X Files is making a movie now, or whatever, you know. But Star Trek really, I start. I've said this before. Star Trek really sort of formed the core of of what we now think of as as nerd culture, as internet fans, as you know. And and there's a lot of bad you can say about that, but there's a lot of good too. We wouldn't all know each other if not for that. No, absolutely not. No, yeah. And the fan community. And they got a shuttle and, named after it. Uh, yeah, exactly. They got, and which is a great bit of sort of circular logic there because now that's the first Enterprise. Yeah, it is the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like in that in that awful, um, the Enterprise, uh, the the show Enterprise uh, theme song, like Flonk was talking about, terrible song. But I do really like that montage. Yeah. They have of the sailing ship that then fades to like the battleship that then fades to the space shuttle. Like that's a, that's a cool sequence. Mm. And it's, it's cool that real life, like the show made them name the shuttle that, but now that's part of Star Trek canon that the first Starship enterprise was actually the shuttle. Yeah. Like I, I, I like that. That's weird and kind of cool. It's like a, how do you, how do you know he didn't invent it thing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like, I don't want this to be over. Like, I don't, I, I like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're done, and that's kind of sad. Yeah, and aside from the occasional guest appearance, this is pretty much it. Yeah, we get uh, uh, Bones and Farpoint, we get uh, a Spock episode and a Scotty episode, and then we get Kirk and Generations, and that's, yeah. that's it. Also check out the we- Generations. So that's yeah, something to look yeah. forward to, right? Yeah. Check off, they didn't even bother changing Bones' lines, and they just... Make him say what Bones would have said. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doc... What? what? So <laughs> so they take my favorite character and put his lines in the mouth of my least favorite character. That's yep. great. You're welcome, Al. <laughs> Ron no, Moore I mean, out. I, honestly, um, Bones, and specifically DeForest Kelly, that that is the overwhelming thing that I walk away from, is that guy was great. Like, there was a lot of good stuff. There was good writing. There was good whatever. But more than anything, he was consistently like, you know, if if this were a sports thing, he would be the MVP. He would be like, mm-hmm. he he's the king. If I, just, this I walked were a away thinking, thing. what's that? If this were a sports thing. Yeah, if this were sports, I would <laughs> proclaim him MVP. If this were sports. If this were sports, I would say, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> if this were sports. Right. Um... So yeah, that's that's pretty much all. Oh, and and the ship itself, I suppose, um, is is one last thing I wanted to address. I like the way the Enterprise D looks. I don't like the way any of the other Enterprises look. But watching the 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 last movie recently just reminded me of how iconic and how just perfect that ship is. And I'm probably gonna miss that honestly more than yeah. anything. Is you know. I like that ship. I like the way it looks. I like the way it moves. I like, you know, it's just simple and perfect. And everything else just feels like kind of a pale imitation of it. And that's a little disappointing. Yep. I agree. I love, I, that's why I've got like a model of it in, in my uh, hallway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it inflatable? No, unfortunately not. Ah, <laughs> Maybe it's, someday. It's, it's, it's an Enterprise bouncy castle. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> All right, so yeah, next week uh, we will start in, as I said, with um, uh, Encounter on Farpoint. Um, 
So yeah, Riker, Holodex, um, all that other thing stuff. I'm sure there's other things. I, 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 I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that I'm a little disappointed moving on to next gen. I should not feel like no. that. I mean, on the show. one hand, I, and I've said this before, I'm excited for the new crew, new, new world, new everything. On the other hand, I'm going to miss these guys. I think, I think we get the feeling that a lot of those hardcore Trek fans got in the mid eighties when they heard this was happening. Like, no, 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 no. You can't make a new captain Kirk. That's wrong. This is fake Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> the original fake Star Trek. Yes, exactly. I, fake Star Trek, the fake next generation. I think that's about as perfect a way to take us out of this as, there, as we're going to get. All right. Gav, any final thoughts? Uh, Star Trek's great. It wow, is. My final thought. Controversial. <laughs> I agree. And with that, Matt, please take us out. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2011. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.